from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You know, when the Germans and Irish and Italians got to this uh, city in the uh, late 1800s and early 1900s, they were considered ethnic. You can't really compare apples to apples because they just changed the definition of apple. Yeah, you, you will never be able to. The racial categories have been changing from the very first time we've started collecting this data. In 2020, uh, you could choose up to, you were a combination of up to six races, I think. You have to have a U.S. context to understand, well, what does it mean to be white? Yeah. Uh, the concept of Latino really does not exist the way we understand it in other countries. The concept of Asian is an American concept. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis has long been a black and white city, but that's starting to change. The area's Latino and Asian populations are still small, but they've seen huge percentage growth, and multiracial St. Louisans are seeing their population grow fastest of all. The most recent census numbers represent in some ways a sea change for this region, and joining us today to tell us more is Ness Sandoval. He's a professor of sociology at St. Louis University and one of the associate directors of the Geospatial Institute. He also runs the Computational Spatial Demography Lab. So, Ness, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And we're also joined today by Janelle O'Day. She's a data specialist and a reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Janelle, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. So, Janelle, I want to start with you because I really enjoyed your story, just making sense of all these numbers. Um, You crunched a bunch of census numbers. You also interviewed Ness in a big piece. What was your big takeaway when it comes to the area's changing racial demographics? Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, thanks thanks for having me. Thanks for your kind words about the story. Uh, it was a really fun one to write uh, because, you know, this is actual 2020 census data, uh, 10 years worth, so significant changes. Um, and there really were some significant changes. My big takeaway was that we're just getting to be a lot more diverse in the region, just like the rest of the country is, you know, just a lot more people, whether it's because they're reconsidering their identity or, you know, the census offered slightly different options this year on the form, or just because we're truly becoming more diverse. That's the fact. You mentioned the idea of people reconsidering their identity. Just for people who don't study the census the way that you you do, what would be an example of of how the way we measure these things might be what changed? Sure, yeah. Um, So, I mean, say somebody in 2000 or 2010 identified as white only on the census. I mean, it's very possible that they, you know, did one of those Ancestry.com things and found some other part of their uh, heritage that they didn't know existed before. And, you know, maybe that changed the racial identity box that they checked on the census. Um, And, you know, as well as that, uh, we just are kind of coming as a society coming to the conclusion that, you know, racial identities are complex and they're always changing. And, um, you know, we should be open about that. And St. Louis's composition is is growing more complex. I'm not going to say it was ever simple, Mm -hmm. but in many ways, there was a large black population here. There was a large white population here, we're getting some people coming from other parts of the world. Absolutely. So it's, but this is part of a, a larger trend at the national level, that our, the populations that are growing tend to be Asian and Latino populations and, and individuals who identified as multiracial. But we see this from other data sources as well. So if we look at birth certificates, 
we see a, a very large increase in the number of babies that are multiracial. So not just that maybe more people are coming from different parts of the world who have this ancestry, but also that people who are living here with this ancestry might be having more kids Absolutely. than white people. We, we see it with the parents. Yeah. Okay. Just so Janelle, in your story, you wrote, this is not your grandfather's St. Louis. And I love that line. And you make a great case for that. But overall, this is still such a white region. The region's population, 71% white. It's just 3.8% Latino. Are we some ways way behind? As Ness says, these are kind of national trends here. We're lagging a bit. Um, I mean, you could say that, you know, I, I suppose. And if you look at the data visualization we did in the print edition, uh, those those white bars are, are pretty big. Uh, we used blue for that, pretty blue graphics there. Um, you know, but there are certain communities in certain, I was just talking to Ness about this before we came in, certain, uh, you know, minority communities, uh, people of color communities that are appearing in places in the metro sort of in concentrations that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And so, you know, maybe as a metro, it looks like we're falling behind, but there are sort of pockets throughout the metro where you'll find these communities that are really growing and thriving. Yeah, I loved in your reporting, you visited a Mexican grocery in House Springs. And for somebody who's a city dweller, we might not think of House Springs as being a bed of cons uh, a bed of diversity. But you're finding there's these little pockets where communities are, are kind of taking root. Yeah, definitely. Um, Martha's store uh, is actually closer to Fenton, and she lives in House Springs. Um, um, but, you know, she said to me, and it's, it's in the story, too, you know, she's like, I didn't even notice the, the bigger Hispanic community here until I opened my store and kind of gave them a place to, you know, come and, and have community and, uh, and get what they need. And, you know, she offers money transfer services. So she's got a lot of like temporary workers who send uh, money back home. Um, and so, you know, she was able to learn more about her community by providing that community space, you know. So, yeah, um, it's really cool to see these places kind of pop up and become hubs. And Ness, you point to the 270 corridor. What's going on there? So the, the 270 corridor is an area that's experiencing a tremendous amount of diversity. And there are many factors that we can point to. I think, as, as you just pointed, we don't have large populations, but in, in these areas, we see um, what we call destinations. And so these are areas that have a higher percentage rate of a certain population compared to the national average. So for example, that corridor is an immigrant destination corridor, mm -hmm. which means that as a percentage, there are more immigrants there than we have at the national level. So this is Maryland Heights, Creve Corps, Olivet, Town and Country, um, Chesterfield, Clarkson, Aliceville, you're getting cer certain percentages of immigrants who are living in these areas that are higher than the national average. And, and you, you see it in the school districts, you see it in the stores, uh, and so this is a, a special place. And is this something that then fuels itself? People are saying, oh, okay, my, my cousin moved here. I know there's a, a community here of people who look Absolutely. like there, me. There's a social network element in terms of where people are saying, you want to live in Chesterfield or you want to live in town and country or all of it. And there's, there's an element of housing too, though, because if you look at Maryland Heights and um, Chesterfield, there's a, there's a diversity of uh, housing stock there that allows different uh, communities to live there. It's not just all single-family homes. Hmm. And then on the, on the east side is Bridgeton. And Bridgeton is being driven by a very large cluster of Latinos um, census tracts. 
And they're not all, it's not all foreign-born. These are native-born Latinos who are living in that area. So it's, it really is that area of the 270 corridor is, is very unique. And Janelle, you visited um, some of these places there as you were doing the reporting for this. Uh, what struck you as, as you were out there in the suburbs reporting on this new diversity? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I will admit, you know, I'm, I'm a person who identifies as white. And when I saw that the Asian community was growing in St. Louis County, you know, my thought was uh, folks who were either Chinese American, Japanese American, or moving from, you know, those countries, sort of, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but your typical thoughts of when you think of um, Asian folks, but that umbrella, that Asian uh, umbrella is what I call it because it covers so many different identities. And so when I got out to the county and I started actually doing the reporting, I met a lot of Indian Americans um, and folks who came from India originally and, um, you know, settled here, um, like, uh, like they, you pronounce his name, D- Dave, um, in my story. Uh, he, you know, came here for work, ended up settling here, bought a house here recently, said, you know, now I think I want to stay here forever, mm-hmm. um, you know, because the, the homeownership really made him feel um, even more like a part of the St. Louis community. And he said, you know, like you guys were just talking about, it was kind of tough for him when he first got here, um, you know, didn't, didn't really have that social network, but you know, he found people soon enough and uh, his community has, has just really grown ever since. And he's gone to like, you know, the Asian spices market that we mentioned in the story and um, those little hubs we were talking about before uh, really help unite these communities. So we want to hear from you. What are you seeing in your neighborhood? How are things changing there? Or maybe you just have questions. We have two experts here in these new census numbers. We don't want to put them on the spot, but maybe we'll put them on the spot just the littlest bit. We'll see what we can find out. Um, we're going to open up the phone lines. We're at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. And uh, those census experts we have with us today, of course, that's Janelle O'Day. She's a data specialist and reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And we're also also joined by Ness Sandoval, a professor of sociology at St. Louis University and one of the associate directors of the Geospatial Institute. So we're talking about this growth in in the county and in these suburbs that are maybe a little bit further out from the central core of the city. The flip side of that is maybe what's happening within the city of St. Louis. Now, the city managed to stay above 300,000 residents, a huge victory for those of us who live within the city and just wanted that for, like, moral reasons. Just you want to be above 300,000. But we also lost a lot of black residents. Um, Janelle, can you tell us, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, I'll say, uh, you know, the story we've got up now on stltoday.com is our metro-wide story. We do want to dig more and we will dig more into the city numbers, um, you know, kind of the nitty-gritty neighborhood numbers. Uh, we're working on a couple of other projects right now, our public payroll database, uh, the 2021 version's about ready to come out. We've also got a new homicide tracker that we're going to publish. Once we get those two done, we hope to dive back into the census uh, and into the city numbers. But what we can say right now is that, yes, uh, lots of people who just identify as white only or black only either left the city or their identities are changing, you know, like we were talking about uh, kind of at the top of the segment here. Um, and, you know, as far as reasons for that, they're varied. Uh, nobody can ever really put their finger on why. Um, but, you know, Neil Richardson, head of SLDC right now, he, you know, when I talked to him about it, um, and he, you know, put it simply, it's just lack of opportunities for hmm. certain families. You know, if they don't see educational work opportunities here, they're going to move somewhere where they do see them. Um, you know, and, there's, and then there's always, you know, the pattern of, 
young families growing up wanting a bigger house, wanting better schools for their kids, you know, and just that sort of migration pattern is always going to, you know, continue to happen. Um, but for sure, uh, you know, the city of St. Louis, you know, from, from Richardson's perspective and from a lot of people's perspective has a lot of work to do as far mm. as how it supports and encourages and enriches uh, the black community here. So Ness, Janelle mentioned that some black residents may be leaving the region, but others may be moving to bigger houses. They want something more suburban. Is What is St. Louis County seeing when it comes to its black population? So the, the county did experience an increase in residents who identified as black only. Uh, and so I, I think that there's evidence that suggests that some of the residents that left the city moved to the county. St. Charles County also saw an increase um, in black residents, mm. as well as Jefferson County. So I think that there's internal migration. I, I think the pattern has been very clear, though, since 2000, that um, black families have been leaving uh, the city. But it really picked up from the 2010 census. And we really picked it up in around 2014, um, where it's, it was not only the city, but the region started to experience see some small declines in, in the black population. That's interesting. So it's not just that they're leaving <clears throat> the city, moving to St. Charles. Some are getting out of the region out, altogether. Out of the region around. And every time I make this presentation, people will come up and, and they'll, they'll share a story. Like, one of my friends just moved to Atlanta. One of my friends just moved to Houston. Mm -hmm. And so they, like, I just, I want to thank you for, for saying it because I think the assumption is that the black population is increasing. It's increasing in other cities, especially cities we're competing with. And it, it's a tr it's a, a trend that we should be concerned about because we, we, if we look at cities, metropolitan regions that are just below St. Louis, they are not seeing a decline in their black population at, at the region level. Interesting. And so we, we should be concerned because if, if this is a trend that's growing, our spot is 21, we'll be in jeopardy. So yeah, we're now the, the 21st largest metro area in the country. If we continue to lose black residents, that's going to drive us down while these other regions continue if, to grow. If they are going to continue growth as they historically have been seen. I want to go to the phone lines. We have a number of people who, uh, who want to join this conversation. Uh, let's talk to Tom, who's calling from South St. Louis City. Uh, hi, Tom, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Yes, thanks. You know, when the Germans and Irish and Italians got to this uh, city in the uh, late 1800s and early 1900s, they were considered ethnic and spoke their home language and everything. But then as they uh, assimilated, uh, we got into this dynamic in St. Louis of the black and white that was mentioned earlier. And that, I think that was so destructive for the city. Uh, and now this this increasing diversity, I think, is so healthy for us to look like the rest of America that way. And uh, I, I think since the Bosnians started coming and all the other new people, uh, it's been really healthy for St. Louis. I'm a fifth-generation St. Louisan, and I'm so happy to see uh, this increasing diversity. Well, Tom, thank you for sharing that, and, and that's just great to hear your perspective on that. Let's go to Juanita, who's calling from St. Louis County. Um, Juanita, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hello. Good afternoon. Um, I had a question for the experts. I know in the 2020 census, I myself had to put myself as black because I'm Latina and that was not an option for me on the 2020 census this year. And I've never considered myself a white person and I've grown up in St. Louis my entire life. Oh. So I wanted to ask the experts what they thought about that. Um, Ness, do you feel comfortable? Taking yes, that? absolutely. So, um, let me, let me try to get a short answer to a very complicated uh, process. So there, there was supposed to be a different formulation of how we ask about race and ethnicity. And if we remember 
go back a couple of years, the Trump administration uh, got rid of that format. And so we'll, we'll see that format probably in 2030. So right now we ask about ethnicity, which is whether you're Hispanic or not Hispanic. And then we ask you if you're uh, your racial background. So it's a separate question. It's a separate. There's two questions. Mm-hmm. So I will I will identify I'm Hispanic and say I'm Mexican-American. And then I'm asking another set of questions. Are, do you consider yourself white, black? And then those questions all changed in 2020. And so... Um, this is self, you self-identify, and so you could say that I'm, I'm multiracial, and a lot of people will write, okay, what, what is your race? And you, can, you can say Mexican and, and black, whatever. Uh, so we're waiting to get that detailed data. Um, I, I believe it's going to be at the state level, but we'll get their original responses in terms of what, because right, right now we're getting top-coded data. So mm-hmm. this is what the census has provided. But people actually did go in and spend time in, they did specify how they identify themselves very specifically. And so we want to cr- try to get a sense of what people are saying. So you almost have to drill down yeah. another layer from what the, you have yeah. at this point. And in the, 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 the question for how you identified as black also changed. And so you could identify, well, I'm Jamaican, I'm from Nigeria, which was not the case in the 2010 or tw- 2000 census. So you have more specific details that hopefully the census is going to provide because we'll be able to say, well, you're black alone, but are you? do you see yourself as African-American or do you see yourself as Nigerian? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So this gets kind of complicated. Juanita, thank you for raising that question. Does that make it hard, Ness, in your line of work? You can't really compare apples to apples because they just change the definition of apple. Yeah. You, you will never be able to. I mean, you have to make some methodological choices in terms of trying to compare apples to apples. But race... The racial categories have been changing from the very first time we've started collecting this data, uh, and it, it will continue to change because we're asking so much from these categories, but our society is changing. And mm-hmm. so um, people, actually a lot of immigrants who come initially to the United States don't really understand what the categories mean because you have to have a U.S. context to understand, well, what does it mean to be white? Yeah, uh, The concept of Latino really does not exist the way we understand it in other countries. The concept of Asian is an American concept. And so um, a lot of people who come in, if you look at the original response, well, I'm white. Who could be from Japan, right, until they understand what this is? So it is, it is complicated the way we, the way we try to categorize um, individuals, and, and it's self-reported. And Janelle, I find myself thinking about what you mentioned earlier, how everybody's doing these 23andMe. People now may have even more complicated understandings of their own makeup than they did 10 years ago at the census, and that just makes a complicated situation even more complicated. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think in 2020, uh, you could choose up to, you were a combination of up to six races, I think, um, which is a lot, I feel like. Um, but you definitely could learn that through something like 23andMe or, you know, Ancestry.com. Um, and I've, yeah, like Ness was talking about, and he and I have talked about um, in our interviews together, I think they're talking about even expanding even more, you know, <laughs> and making more categories, which for data people like us is a little bit of a nightmare, but like I totally get it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, it's so interesting. I'm going to squeeze in one last phone call here. Uh, Barb is calling from Southwest St. Louis City. Uh, Barb, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to make the observation that I have noticed as a longtime resident of Southwest City that there are a, a lot of interracial families moving in down here that didn't happen before. And I've noticed that a lot of uh, immigrant groups like the Bosnians and now the Afghanis um, start out in the city area 
and then end up moving into the county or, you know, Jefferson County or whatever. And I think that there is a big mix in this pot um, in, in, as locators as much as there, it is in terms of the uh, census for the area. Yeah, Barb, I think that's a that's an interesting observation there. Uh, Ness, I can see how South City, maybe deep South City, outside the Central Corridor, that's almost this feeder. People get their foothold mm-hmm. here, and then they maybe move to a more affluent uh, place or just a more suburban place, maybe further south. Yeah, I think that I think it points on a theme that uh, Janelle talked about is that um, you may want to start in the city, and then if you're trying to live the American dream, you want to buy the house, uh, school districts, and so you're looking for the opportunities. And if the city's providing it, the great. If it's not, then you're going to use your networks and say, is, is that opportunity in St. Louis County? Is it in St. Charles County? Is it in Jefferson County? Is it on the other side of, of the river in Illinois? And so it, it, we, we see these patterns emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's kind of interesting when you look at population growth, and I was kind of thinking ways to kind of talk about it. When you look at the net growth, 100% of the population growth for the region occurred in the suburbs, mm-hmm. right? And so it means that that we have people moving into the city. You can look at the central corridor, people are coming in. Um, it's just that you have more people that are moving out of the city. Hmm. Boy, it's interesting to think about all this. And I guess what's kind of sobering, and again, we just have about um, two minutes left here, but thinking about... St. Louis, where it's going to be in 10 years. There's been so much concern. We don't want to see further population slides. Janelle, in our final minute here, do you have hope that we're going to see growth and not a slide by next time around? Um, I mean, as a journalist, it's hard not to be cynical, right? Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, that's that's it's just a, the fact of the matter. But I do have hope that, um, you know, the city's doing some really cool stuff. Um, got, you know, the MLS stadium going up, makes progress every time I drive by it. Lots of cool stuff happening in the city, in the in the region, in the area. Um, I think there can be growth. I don't know that it necessarily will happen, but it can happen if we do the right things, you know. And Ness, in our final moments, do you feel like Missouri is a good partner in this for the city, or is this something that that could be holding back the I, metro? I think that there's there's an element of, that hurts St. Louis more than it hurts Kansas City in terms of some of the rhetoric that comes out of Jefferson City in terms of policies that get introduced that that impact have a more a harmful impact on St. Louis than Kansas City. Mm. I do think that the city, the region is going to grow. It's going to grow because we have a growing national population of Latinos and Asians. I think the question is, uh, how fast is it going to grow? And so we're in competition. St. Louis is in competition with Charlotte, Orlando, San Diego, Sacramento, Austin. All of these cities want to be in this top 20. And so we cannot have a laissez-faire attitude in saying, well, we hope growth happens. We have to be intentional at a regional level, which includes the Illinois side. We have to, we have to think about our as a region, not as one, one county or one city uh, that, that's going to benefit. Hmm. And what we can do to make this place more attractive, not just to the people who are already here, but people who want to come here. That is a question we do not have time for today, but I look forward to continuing to dig into this and, and how helpful to get a better snapshot of where we are right now. So Ness Sandoval, a professor of sociology at St. Louis University, thank you so much for joining us today. And Janelle O'Day, a data specialist and reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here.
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.